You know, uh, several weeks ago, when we began this sermon series on looking at our words as we see it in the Word of God, I told you then that, that a part of the reason for this sermon series, when we're having it, as far as the time, is because this can be a very stressful time of year, uh, with the holiday season now upon us. And all too often, what could and should be the most wonderful moments for a, a family to experience, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, all too often those can be ruined because of words. And all too often families can leave those times not looking forward to the next time they all have to get together because of words. And so it becomes very important that we as children of God's that we understand what His Word says about our words. So with that in mind, I want you to use your imagination with me just for a moment. I I want you to envision the most amazing Thanksgiving spread as far as decorations go that that you can imagine. I'm talking something like Martha Stewart level of nice, right? And, and, And a dear friend has invited you over to their house to enjoy Thanksgiving with them and their family. And this is the the level of the decorations that you see. And and you see like really fresh flowers there on the table. And you see like beautiful candles lit. You see all of these things. And you think, man, if they went to all of this trouble to decorate and invite me over, buddy, my taste buds are beginning to water. Like, I mean, this is going to be good stuff. I mean, I mean, this has got to be a little bit better than hot dogs. And I like hot dogs, right? But surely this is going to be even better than a hot dog. And so they, they come out and they, they set a salad in front of you. And everyone starts to eat. And, and at first it looks good. Then you put your fork in it. And with one taste, man, you know the lettuce is wilted. And the, the tomatoes are just too squishy. And the cucumbers are bitter. And so you just kind of like push it off to the side. You know, you're, you're quiet about it. You don't want to embarrass your host. You're just going to wait to the next course. Well, a few minutes pass. The next course comes out. And it's one of those like big silver trays with a big silver top. You know, the, the kind of thing you used to see in the movies, right? And, and they walk out. And in your mind, when you see this big silver tray being carried with this big silver top, in your mind, you are envisioning like the biggest most awesome looking turkey that has ever been known and i mean you're thinking about how juicy this is going to be how tasty it's going to be because you're the guest they put it right in front of you oh boy this is going to be good and they take the lid off and before you can even look down i mean your nose is just filled with this horrendous odor i mean the kind of odor that just is nauseating and you look down and you realize that's not turkey. That's like a spoiled one-eyed fish staring back up at you, right? And again, you, you really don't want to like insult your host. So you, you take your fork and you, you pull a little bit of the meat off of, of the fish onto your plate. And you try to eat a little bit of it. But it's oh, so bad. So you got to chase it down with something liquid, right? So you grab your glass and, and you're going to chase it down with whatever you got. Oh, to your dismay... You didn't have like water like you thought you probably would. There was milk. And it was sour milk. Like, I'm talking like chunky sour milk, right? 
And so now you're, you're trying to get that down on top of that spoiled fish. And then the, your host says, listen, save room. Dessert's still coming. And you think, man, who can ruin dessert? Surely nobody can ruin a dessert. And they bring out like that trunk or treat pie, right? They bring out that trunk or treat pie, put it in front of you, and you go, no, this is horrible. Nobody wants this. This is the kind of meal that can make someone sick. I was looking so forward to this, and now I am so nauseated because this food is spoiled, it is rotten, it is no good. And I know right now you're thinking, Blake's been away on vacation. We're not going anywhere today. But no, hold on, we're going somewhere. And in that same way that food that's rotten and spoiled shouldn't be served, our words, our words, they should never be rotten or spoiled. And if they are, they definitely should not be served. That's why the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he would write this in Ephesians 4 and verse 29, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. There are several typing errors there on my part. Sorry about that. This this word, the idea of no corrupt talk. Some translations here will say uh, no unwholesome speech. And, and the idea of that word is, is quite simply this. It refers to that which is rotting, decaying, that which is... Worthless. So the, the point of the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is you need to be very careful not to allow this, this rotten, worthless speech come from your mouth. Because, at best, there's no value in it. It's, it's not going to benefit you at all. At worst, man, you could destroy relationships. Not only your relationships with other people, you could actually endanger your relationship with your God as a result of these unwholesome or corrupting words. So so let's talk a little bit then about what some of these corrupting words are. Now, a couple weeks ago we talked about one of these. We talked about lying a couple weeks ago. And, and if you took anything away from that, I just hope that you took away the fact that God hates lying. He just does. And that lying is... Always a hateful thing. Lying is something that God despises. It's an abomination to Him. That lying on no level is ever loving. Uh, no matter how much we may want to justify it. No matter how much we may want to, to make excuses for it. The Bible says what it says. And so we're not going to spend a lot of time online, but I want you to understand that this is one of many forms of corrupting speech that can come from our mouth. Another is this, misusing God's name. God's name should be held in highest regard. We're reminded of this as Jesus was teaching his followers how to pray. I know you remember this passage here in Matthew 6 and verse 9. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, I wonder how many of us have read over that, quoted that, and we just run right through that, right? And we don't really stop to think about what that means. Hallowed. Who's hallowed? 
thought his name was God. Hallowed means holy. But the name of God is holy. The name of God is set apart. The name of God is a name that should be held in high regard, not treated as though it's just commonplace. And so it becomes very important for us as children of God that we're living our life in such a way, whether it be through our words or our actions, that our lives reflect those who hold the very name of God in high regard, as He is holy, truly holy. But long before Jesus taught His disciples how to pray, God wanted to make sure that the children of Israel understood how important it was for them not to take His name in vain. And so here you see the third of the Ten Commandments there in Exodus 20 and verse 6, where it says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes His name in vain. You want to know how seriously the Israelites took that command? They stopped saying the name of God. Just stopped. They would not say it out loud for fear that when they said it, they may have been saying it in a vain way. So they just stopped saying it. They stopped pronouncing it. That's one of the reasons that we really don't know how to pronounce the name of God as far as Jehovah or Yahweh. We really don't know how to pronounce that because that's just in consonance. We don't really know what the uh, the vowels were there. We don't really know how it was pronounced because those who originally were saying it, they stopped saying it. Because they didn't want to offend God in any way. They didn't want to take His name in vain in any way. Even today, you'll find very uh, devout Jews who will not say or write down the name of God. Even if they're writing God, oftentimes they'll write G-D. Because there is such reverence for the very name of God. And they want to make sure that they're not doing anything to misuse or to use the name of God in a vain way. But we do, don't we? We do and we know that we ought not. So how do we misuse the name of God? One way is to use it as a curse word. You know what I'm talking about. All right. One way is by using the name of God as a curse word. We should never call on the name of God because we're angry at someone or we are angry about something. That should never happen. Like the name of God should always be a blessing, not a curse whenever it is coming out of our mouth. And so it is very important, I think, for us to to remember that and to be mindful of that. But it becomes such an easy habit and such a sinful habit for us to get into. Uh, something else that has become far too common in today's world uh, through text messaging, social media, and various things. Those three little words, three little letters rather, OMG, they get splashed about like it's no big deal. OMG, this happened. OMG, that happened. It's a very irreverent way to use the, the name of God, and it's something that we should not be connected to. Or, or even those moments when maybe... Um, Maybe you, something bad almost happened, but it didn't. Maybe you were almost in that car crash, in the car crash, you know, like you slammed on your brakes and you stopped just short of hitting the guy in front of you and you said, God. Okay, there are two choices there. One, you were praying, which is not a bad thing. That would have been a good thing. Two, you weren't. You were taking his name in vain. It's one of the two. 
I'm not going to stand here and say, Judge, that I know your heart as to which one you were doing. But I would dare say that in more cases than not, in those moments, if we're very honest, we're not praying in those moments. Those are moments we're frustrated. Those are moments we're scared. Those are moments we're angry. And for whatever the reason, we have decided to use the very name of God as a way for us to express ourselves. God's name should never be used as like our, our exclamation point. And God's name should never be used as a way for us to express our emotions. Because when we do that, we, we're just taking and treating the name of God in such a flippant way. And it's wrong. And, and we need to be conscious of that. No matter how much the world around us, no matter how much society accepts that, no matter how much even some of our, our own brothers and sisters in Christ may say, oh, what's the big deal? We want to make sure that we're treating the name of God in a holy way. And then we need to make sure that the words that are coming from our mouth, when we speak His name, it's in a holy way. Because when we use the name of God in an unholy way, again, we, we take He that is truly holy. Truly holy. And, and we, we bring Him down to our level. We, we, we make Him just common like the rest of us. And He's not. He's not at all. So we, we need to be mindful of that with our words. Another thing is vulgarity. Here in Ephesians 5 and verse 4, it says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead, let there be thanksgiving. I know it's so easy for us to say, words are just words. Like, what's the big deal? Words are just words. Yes. But if you have lived any, any length of time at all, you know what I know. Given the context of a conversation... Any word can be made to be made dirty. Any word can be made into a filthy word, given the context of what you're talking about. As human beings, that's just how our minds tend to work. And so here you see three different things. He says, let there be no foolish talk, crude joking, uh, no filthiness. All three of those are what? Well, oftentimes, they're when our dirty mind is coming out of our dirty mouth. <laughs> That's what it is. It's when what is coming from our dirty heart is coming out of our dirty lips, as the case may be. And so we need to be very careful about the vulgarity that we, that we use our words. Another, which I failed to put it on my list, um, but is profanity or cussing. Profanity, man, it can really stink up the air in any environment, can't it? If you've ever been around people who everybody around you was cussing, you, you know, especially as a child of God, you know how uncomfortable that that makes you. Uh, and, and you know how uneasy that that can make you feel. If you've ever had those words aimed at you, if you've ever had someone cuss you out, then you know how deeply that that cuts. And if you've ever cussed someone else out, you know the reason you did that was because you wanted to cut them deeply. You wanted to hurt them more with the words that you chose or you wouldn't have chose those specific words. And it's almost the thing in the Christian world right now, and I use that in the broadest, most generic sense, 
but in the Christian world, it's becoming vogue. It's almost a fad. Well, if we cuss, it makes us more relatable to the world around us. People, people who are outside of Christ, they know we're real. I even heard one preacher on TV a couple of years ago. He was excusing his own use of language by saying, hey, there's freedom in Christ. I should be able to say whatever I want to say. And I agreed with him that there's freedom in Christ. But that's where I stopped agreeing with him. <laughs> According to Scripture, we don't have the right to just say whatever we want to say. Colossians 3.8 is just one of many examples of this. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. What did Paul say to do by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? He said, you put all those things away. Yes, the anger, the the wrath, the malice, the slander, and the obscene talk. You you put those things away. That, That shouldn't be a part of who you are. And so profanity then is something that also should not be those uh, words that come from our mouth. Uh, another category then would be demeaning words. There's so many different kind of demeaning words that uh, we could choose from. One of them here is, I want to mention is ridicule. Uh, I think as a society, I want to be careful how I say this, right? But as a society in recent years, people can't laugh at themselves the way that they once could. And I think that's too bad. I think that we as human beings, I think we have senses of humor. I think we should be able to joke and laugh and laugh with and laugh at each other sometimes. But I also think that any time those jokes cross that line where we're seeking to to hurt, humiliate, or embarrass, that's wrong. That's wrong. That, That there is a line there where you have to ask yourself before you say something, or maybe after you've said it and you're just kind of reflecting on it, do I really love this person? This person that I I made this joke with, do I love them in making this joke with them? Or do I have hard feelings toward them? And I was just kind of like trying to repackage, you know, be kind of passive-aggressive, repackage my feelings toward them and just say it in a joking way, but still being able to take my shot at them. You see, you got to ask yourself why. But whatever the words are, you have to find out what your motivation is. That's where it's coming from, the heart of the person. So ridicule is something we need to be very careful with. As with slander, slander is another way to use very, very demeaning words. Slander is when we take and we say things that are absolutely untrue about someone, and we know they're untrue, and we say it in an attempt to tear down their character, to tear down their reputation. And it hurts. Listen, if you've ever had someone slander you, you know how deeply that that hurts. Because we work really hard to build up our reputation and to be who God has called us to be. And then when someone says things about us to try to tear us down, and, and they're things that aren't even true. Because let's face it, all of us have plenty about us that's true that could be said, right? But, but when they take that extra step, and now they're saying things and creating things about you that aren't even true, that's slanderous. And that ought not happen. That ought not come from our lips. First Peter 2, verse 1 says, So put away all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander. Do what with it? Put away all. Don't do it. 
Put, put away all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy. Put away all slander. We should be a people of, of truth. And we should be a people who don't create lies about other people in an attempt to hurt them. And you say, Blake, but this person is they're such a scumbag. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We ought always be a people who speak the truth. Because God is truth. Now, from slander, there's another one here. Gossip. Now, gossip is not like slander. Gossip is different. Slander is when you create a lie. Gossip is when you are speaking truth. Right? And so you go, well, I'm just telling somebody the truth about something. But still, the motivation behind it is I'm trying to hurt or embarrass or maybe even make myself look good, you know, like, like I know something that nobody else knows. So the motive for sharing the information is still not pure. It's gossip. And I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but especially in our southern culture, we, we like to joke about gossip, don't we? <laughs> and the reason we like to joke about it is because we really don't want to think it's that big of a deal and and we want to act like it's not that big of a deal. You know, you know, you have your water, your water cooler conversations. You have your conversations out by the fence. You know, you know, all that stuff that happens or we talk about how it happens and we want to act like it's not a big deal. But it is a big deal to God. As a matter of fact, God would list it right along with some things that we oftentimes would be quick to say, now that's a big deal. <laughs> and God puts it right there in that same list. We just tend to want to overread that or, or ignore that. For example, here in Romans chapter 1, there beginning verse 28, it says, since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetous, malice, they're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malicious. They're gossips. Wow! <laughs> All manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetous, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. And they're gossips. You see, it's, it's right there. In the eyes of God, sin is sin. And one is no different than the other. It's just we sometimes like to try to make them bigger or smaller than what they truly are. God has no tolerance for gossip, I think, because it, He knows how it destroys relationships. And He knows how much we need our relationships with one another. Proverbs 16.28 says, A dishonest man spreads strife. A whisper separates close friends. Uh, let's say... You have Joe and Bob, and Joe and Bob, they're really good friends. Uh, but Bob knows that Joe doesn't like Mark. And, and so the next time Joe and Bob are talking, you know, Joe is real quick to bring up the fact, hey man, you'll never guess who I saw at the store the other day. I saw Mark at the store the other day. Now, on the surface, that does not seem like gossip. But it is. Because he's trying to create a conversation that will turn ultimately into gossip. And, and if we ever find ourselves in any form of those type conversations, and I would dare say that all of us have at points in life, I think we would all do well to bite our tongue 
real, real quick and move on. Move on from that conversation before we get too caught up in it. You see, all of these things that are on the screen, they're all forms of corrupting talk. Now, are they all the forms of corrupting talk? No, probably not, but I think they're probably more than enough for today. I think all of us, we struggle with the tongue in so many different ways, and it it shows itself in so many different ways. And and we find that corrupting speech, that that corrupting talk coming from our lips much more than what we may want to, to acknowledge. And for the sake of our relationships, our relationships with one another, our family, our friends, for the sake of our relationship with God, we really need to do some spiritual examination in this and in so many other areas of our life. Listen, if your heart's been touched today, maybe there's something or some things on this list that you you know that you're guilty of. I, I would encourage you to ask God for His forgiveness. I would encourage you to repent of those things. I would encourage you to to surrender your words to Him. And again, I think that's probably something that all of us could do before we leave this place. But I also want us to remember that our God is a God of love. And our God is a God of mercy. In Psalm 103 it says there, beginning of verse 8, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, Bounding in steadfast love. He'll not always chide, nor will He keep His anger forever. He doesn't deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. Look, church... This week, as you go out into a very dark and broken, fallen world, let's use our words in a way that build others up instead of tearing them down. Let's speak truth and honesty. Let's be people of integrity. Let's, let's bring light to this very dark world. Let's encourage instead of discourage. Let's, let's build up instead of tearing down. Let's use our words in holy ways instead of continuing to use our words in our ways. We can help you with this or any needs you may have today. Won't you come as we stand and sing?